Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use GATG. That's GATG. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code GATG, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. This is Grilling at the Green After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After Hours here on Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef uh, for making this possible. So we've got Frank Nabilo with us today. If you missed the regular show, you can go back and find it and listen to that. It's a great show. Frank's been a very gracious guest to me this week. Um, and I am gonna I am gonna email him some tips and do that kind of stuff and help him with his barbecue. I promise promise you that. So one of the most famous incidents on Golf Channel was I what was it four years ago or something? Frank, I've I've kind of lost track of the time on that thing. But um, David Duvall and Brandel kind of got into it, and it it. David got a little hot under the collar, and I think Brandel probably did too. Uh, and I think you were kind of sitting in the middle of them. And so, kind of give us the rundown on that, if you would. What happened, and how did it end up off camera? Um, well, I can start. I can start with the end of it. Yeah, on, off camera it was terrible, really. Um, but uh, yeah, that that was a Ryder Cup. Yeah. And um, I'm going to try and think of the golf course. Arnold Palmer, I think, had just passed away, too, uh, in the weekend. But I've got the right Ryder Cup. And um, <clears throat> it was the one after Mickelson had had his issues with um, Tom Watson at Glen Eagles. Right. So there was a little bit of that. But, you know, so we have, you know, when I used to do those shows, you know, in those days, uh, David Duvall was relatively new to the set because originally it used to be a three-man set and it was uh, a three-person set and then it was extended to four people. And so, you know, David was probably the had the least TV TV experience and for some reason he was put on the end. I always disagreed with that. And, you know, I've known David, I've known Brandel obviously for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that the, the most inexperienced person should be put closest to the host. And that also would have helped this particular situation, to be honest. So, um, so we were, you know, we we're just trying to get out of the gates, basically. And and the format was, and, and where I say format, it's a format. It doesn't mean they're going to they're telling you what to say, whatever the case was. Sure. And David, David was going to talk about the American team because that would that way, you know, Brandel still had a beef with Mickelson over what had happened at Glen Eagles, and. Uh, so David was going to talk about the American team. I was then going to segue into, believe it or not, that the the team leader was going to be, in my opinion, was going to be Jordan Spieth, uh, even though he was, I think it was the youngest player on the team. And I had something from the President's Cup uh, where I was when it was in Korea, and it was I remember talking to Johnny Miller about it in the weekend because I did the Thursday Friday, and there was a great audio where Dustin Johnson and Jordan Spieth were playing together. 
and um, they were against Charles Schwartzel. Might have been Jason Day, and they were like three down or whatever it was. Uh, the American side were Schwartzel and one other. It might have been Brandon Gross. I'm not. I'm not sure. No, it could have been Newstazen. Sorry. Anyway, yeah. but um, and and the tenth holes are sort of really two teared green. You know, big big ridge in the middle, slope down to the right side where the flag was. And the international team had missed the green on the right. And, you know, Spieth had hit a nice tee shot. And, and anyway, uh, Dustin Johnson was going to go for the flag. And Spieth's pleading with him, just aim 15 feet left of the flag. Just aim it at the ridge. If the ball runs towards the flag, it's great. You know, we can still get back in this thing. And they break off, you know, a couple of times. And, and Spieth just goes, come on, just hit it there. I promise. Leave, the, leave the rest to me. And it was alternate shot. And anyway, lo and behold, he does, and he aims about 15 feet. They win the hole and actually won that match one up. And I remember telling that story to Johnny, and then Johnny in the weekend made the, the line, which I thought was still good today. He said, you know, if Spieth caddied for Dustin Johnson, he might just be the best player in the world. Yeah. And um, so to, anyway, so I was going to use that little piece from that particular championship to talk about the leaders of the various team, and then I was talk about Europe, and I was going to segue to Brandel, and Brandel was going to talk about the European side. So we have a we have a thing in the industry and it's called a hijack, and that's where someone deviates for whatever reason off the rundown. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's called a hijack is because if I know, like right now, I'm going to talk about a specific subject, I have a chance to prepare for it. Sure. And I can do all my homework on it, and I can make you look really silly, and um, ask you questions that you got you know nothing about, or whatever the case may be. So David had just started talking about it, the American side, and then Brandel interrupted and literally had a go at Mickelson. So Duval was relatively new to it and uh, didn't know what was going on. And then Brandel, hey, it was well rehearsed. It was very well well done, and it was very emotional. But it was a very, you know, a, a, you know it, was a, it was a very strong, pointed piece at, at uh, you know, at Phil. And, and it, hey, it makes for great TV. A lot of my bosses thought it was great. Mm-hmm. But I saw, you know, I looked to my left, and I saw David, and he was furious. And I looked to my right; the host was Rich Lerner, and he really wasn't doing anything about it that particular time. I mean, he was just probably waiting to see what was going to happen. So I looked at David, and you imagine three people sitting on the chairs, and it looks good. You know, I'm like, so I, I sort of gave him the look, like you want to, you know, rather than me jumping in and talking about Jordan Spieth, uh, which seemed a bit lame at that particular time. I, I leant back in my chair so that he would he had full eye contact, and then then it just it started. And then I, I would sort of look out of the corner of my eye to see, you know, Rich, the host, if it was going. And, and it was allowed to uh, just inflame. It was almost – and every time one spoke, it was like putting gasoline on the fire. And, and then, it, you know, you could tell by the, by the, you know, by the tone that it, it literally got beyond what we were talking about. And then I actually interjected. And it wasn't much fun because, you know, when we had three people on the show – um, everybody sort of got their own opinion. You know, Brandon had his opinion. I had my opinion backwards and forwards. When you had four, and especially one was new and they were sitting so far away, I had to act almost like a semi-host and less, less as, as an analyst. So mm-hmm. I had to sort of like half TM up. So it got really uncomfortable. And then, and, you know, I'm like, this is ridiculous. And um, and I sort of leaned in and said some lame thing about, you know, whatever it was in it. And it just stole down. But, you know, it was there was like the first segment of the show. So be honest, we went to commercial. It wasn't much fun. And by the end of the show was, you know, there was, you know, Brannell for, for his reasons were, uh, you know, he was annoyed. And Duvall, you know, David Duvall for his reasons was really annoyed. And then even John Feinstein wrote a book and mentioned that in the thing. And it's it's only one person's point of view about that. And I remember talking to John before I went to print. I said, John, that's not exactly how it went down. Um 
you know, they got they got called in and, and some other things thing. But, you know, the one good thing about it, they were both very passionate about it. Yeah. Um, but the thing I didn't like is it's what we call a hijack. Yeah. And well, that meant no one had it coming. And, and so that, that was the most uncomfortable part of it. Yeah. And I remember I was watching it live. And when the when you guys went to break, I went, oh, <laughs> that's the only thing I could say kind of under my breath is, oh, because um, I figured there was going to be, you know, like you said, got called in. Um, I've been on TV sets uh, before, Frank, not for golf, but for cooking and stuff where the floor director gets pissed off at the producer or me or somebody, usually not me though. Cause I usually try to stay out of the battles and focus on what I'm doing, but I've had that happen. And that makes for a very uncomfortable next, you know, hour or two, however long you're going to be on the set and doing this. And, uh, it can be tough. So, but I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, but you got to, you know, that one of the, one of the good things about I, I remember when we had a three man set, you know, and there was a few times I remember the Tiger Woods, you know, Sharpling discussion. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, it was fine. I mean, you know, Brandel saw it one way, I saw it another way. But we literally were talking about golf, and I always stopped at the point where I thought it was getting out of control. Right. Um, so you know, to me, we're doing TV. It's it's you know, it's it's not a boxing fight. If it was, then um, then you would up it. And this was one of those ones where neither one was going to let it let it ride. And, uh, you know, we, we'd gone, you know, the train had completely gone off the rails <laughs> and, um, you know, I remember some people saying it was great TV, but, but the, but the thing is nothing, nothing was achieved in that really, right. except, you know, it, it created, and, and to be honest, after that, I would say over the next, you know, it, 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 it sort of hurt the chemistry of the show. I'm not just talking about that week. Right. Because it, it was, it, it sort of, it, it sort of put a little bit of a wedge in it. Sadly, because you know, I, I you know, I still think when you think about it, in that show when it came out, it was an original, and uh, you know, I was I've been proud of a lot of those shows that I've done on it. And sure. you know, you had a couple of people that some people that worked really, really hard. Brandon went at it one way. I knew that he was going to go the statistical way, so I would look at it. I, I went at it at another way, and we worked with various hosts. They settled, you know, sort of on Rich Lerner at the end. But majority of times, we were just talking golf to a golf audience, which I yeah. thought was pretty good. And um, but then you know the shows get bigger and more people you know, want it and 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 people's personalities and egos go a different way and whatever and we all you know we we make mistakes and do all sorts of stupid stuff. Um, that's what you do. Yeah, and that's just part of, part of being human. But I see my when like you were saying a couple sentences ago that you know <clears throat> some of the people thought it was good TV and those people I'm assuming are maybe some people at home in the audience, but. Really, some of the producers or directors might think it's good TV. I don't. I confrontational TV is, and Keith and I talked about this on the on the regular show. It's like you know, you see all these goofy reality shows on TV, and there's nothing real about them, but it's all based. Yeah, that's a good point. On conflict, you know, at some point, a conflict, and you know, to me, not that everything has to be you know wine and roses. Certainly not, but <clears throat> I don't think when you see that conflict like that, especially something like the sport of golf, where we actually have rules of behavior, if you will, some of them are written, some of them are not, but rules of behavior and decorum and that type of thing. And then you kind of get down in the gutter uh, with, you know, sometimes like that. And I just don't see it as a benefit myself. That's just me, but I just didn't. 
Yeah, yeah, but I think the game itself, to a certain degree, has become a little hypocritical too. Because I know we say we have rules and that, but they're not always implemented. Right. And and the way in which we cover the game too, because um, you know the tour, you got the professional game. They're trying to make money, and then obviously you know the TV companies are you know they've got to they've got to you know, pay pay for the show. So then you have advertising, and then you know for for example, you know you've got various people right now. Um, having an opinion on golf just purely because they want to be influencers. In it. Right. So, you know, so, so it's like, there's no holds barred. It's a bit like MMA as opposed to boxing. You know, I still mm-hmm. like boxing. I must admit, I watched the odd MMA fight, but like, do you want to go all the way from gloves to bare knuckle or, or do you sort of, you know, stop in the middle? And, and I don't know, I'm not judging jury in that, but I don't think every discussion has to be one that's settled in a court of law, you know? Right. We, we used to be able to, we used to be able to talk and disagree. I mean, we, when I was talking to you with, on your, on your show, talking about Australians and New Zealanders, for example, when I grew up, you know, it was, it was tough love, but at the same token, I knew I could rely on those Australians. They were my friends. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, at times in a bar or whatever, you know, there was heated words and that, but they were still my friends and they are to this day. So, and, and I, I don't know, that's the way I was, I was brought up. And, and that part, I don't want, you know, I know the old cliche men and men and all that, but, but, you know, you could rely on someone. I could pick up the phone to this day and ring someone. Oh, sure. And one of my best friends, he's not in golf. He's, he's in Australia. You know, that's, you know, I'm very proud. He's in the hotel business. Um, so that, that people you gravitate to, you look up to and you admire, you argue with, don't get me wrong, and you disagree. But that's conversation. Yeah. So like I said, the, the, but we seem to have gone in, in TV sometimes. We go to these pseudo-Judge Judy shows, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. So on a, on a happier note, yeah. over all the years, Frank, that you've been sitting in the booth and, and covering holes and doing all the different things you've done, can you think of one or two things that really made you just kind of bust out laughing, even if you couldn't do it on the air, but something you saw? And you can leave Faraday out of this because him pooping his pants or whatever, that was probably always a hoot. But you know what I mean? There there had to be, and and not Dottie being chased by a bear, because she and I talked about that. Um, the only thing she said is she wouldn't wear white pants the next time. But um, there's probably one or two things that stick out in your mind. Uh, that you thought were extremely humorous. No, yeah, I mean, but, but sadly, Jeff, you know, I remember the bad things that I, you know, the mistakes I've made in TV more so. I mean, there's there was countless times on live films we 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 burst into laughter. Yeah, um, and that was you know early on, and that was good, and, and it was just I think the more you work with different people, that's then then they'll, then there was less laughter, but. Um, you know, just lately, to be honest, working with CBS. I mean, we have you know, like Jim Nance loves to loves to you know, he he loves to bet on it on things, right? You got mm-hmm. a a real and Ian Baker Finch likes to lose a bet, so you know, you've <laughs> got this sort of really good um, chemistry that exists from there. And there's you know, I wish people could see before the show on that. So that's one thing. I've only been working with CBS full time about eighteen months now, but when you work with people, you know, sort of on a regular basis. Any, any sort of uh, areas that, you know, with tempers of, I mean, they get worked out really, really quickly. Sure. And, um, you know, there's, you know, they, they call it old dad humor and all that, but um, the, the, there's just, to be honest, there's too many, Jeff. But in TV, I just remember the, the mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way I'm wired, though. You know, like there's things that, you know, the, the duos, I would love to, you know, and, and 
the people at home they they hear what comes out of your mouth, your mouth but, but you know the, the mistakes are what keep you on the on track so yeah i like to have fun every time i'm working to be honest the people that know me you know every single week i was you know last week i saw some people you know producer that i used to work with the golf channel i was talking to todd lewis mark rolfing um that's still friends you know the yeah, yeah. you know, work because you, you know you, you share a microphone <laughs> and then i with the, you know where i'm now cbs treats me great so um I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just like having fun with people. So there's no specific thing that, sure. you know, a, a, a fairityism, but, but, you know, my TV mantra was more about, you know, don't screw up like you did last time. You know, it was <laughs> yeah. more of that. Cause I know we're going to have fun. I mean, I, a show without fun is, is not having a show. No, it's not worth done. What are the, what are the after, <clears throat> what are the after round get togethers for the on-air crew, I'm assuming, because sometimes I hear like from the masters, well, we went to so-and-so or, or we went to dinner at, you know, such and such. And yeah, Jim, you ordered that $400 bottle of wine or whatever. But when you, you know, you take off your tie and you open your collar and you just kick back and, you know, you're having a good meal or whatever. Um, what are those like? You don't have, I don't want you to give any personal information away, but what are those like? They must be fun because in a lot of the broadcasts I've done, especially if they've been live from somewhere for an event and we've been there for a few days doing this, usually like the Saturday night dinner was a hell of a good time. Oh, and they are. I mean, it's been tough with COVID, to be honest. Like, um, <laughs> but, but um, you know, prior to COVID and, and obviously when they released, but, you know, but, Prior to COVID, when you when you could go just go out for dinner, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, people would love to be a fly on the wall, but you, you sort of have to be there for the whole conversation. Otherwise, it, you, know, you you can't put it into context. But but you know, some of the humor is so childish. People would say is immature, <laughs> but yeah. in in context, it's um, you know, if you've ever sort of listened to British humor, it's more like that, where you know, you've just realized, you know. 10 seconds too late, someone's just told a joke and you're just getting it. Yeah. And someone's already telling another one. So it's like that. You're, you're forever trying to catch up and it's nonstop. If you don't have the energy, like you, you would, you know, people won't shut up over dinner sometimes. It's hilarious. And that's, <laughs> um, and that's gone on. And and then you get, you know, the, I mean, you'll argue about nothing just for the sake of it. Yeah. Um, whether it's the, you know, the, the, that's not the bottle of wine we ordered and whatever. And, um, yeah, and then every now and again too, you get stung for the you know stung for a bottle of wine when you didn't want to have a drink that night, and all sorts of things, and people are bitching nine and fun. But it's yeah, it's 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 like you were you know, the the best analogy I can come up is like when I was a kid in school, and you you didn't really care who was listening or whatever, and you were just there with your mates, male or female, just chatting, and uh, not not care in the world. And honestly, broadcasters are like that some of the ones that I work with anyway, when you get out there for dinner and it's fun, it's, and people walk past. And like I said, if they take it out of context and, and oddly enough, some people do, then they would get the wrong impression because it's just no one taking themselves seriously. Right. And maybe it's some crap that was said during the show. That was hilarious. You know, there's an, always an innuendo, right? If you, um, <laughs> you know, one, you know, it's going to sound bad, but you know, one announcer just uttered the immortal line, you know, because the crowd went nuts and, and uh, he just said, I think the line was, they love it from behind. And, uh, you know, cause the picture tells the story, right? Sure. Well, of course that, that got reiterated about a hundred times over dinner. They just wore the guy out for, for his immortal line. But, um, you know, it's just, it's stuff like that. So believe me, if, if you, if you make one little slip up, I mean, you hear it over dinner and all that, but, but it's one of those ones, honestly, you had to be there Yeah. because you know, you're going to have the dinner the next night and the next week and on it goes. And then of course, 
when you haven't seen each other for a little while, you pick up from last year the dumbest, stupidest things that, that would happen. <laughs> but um, we're not we're not solving you know we're not solving politics. We're not doing any of that. We're just talking about golf and and uh, and most of the time over dinner we're not talking about golf. It's, it's funny. It's um, yeah, it's 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 honestly it's like being a kid again. Oh, there you go. So uh, we touched on something in the middle of that wine. You're an ambassador in your your wine history. Now, listen, folks, Frank's not a wino, but he's been involved in, and his family has been involved in the wine business for a while. So tell us about that real quick. Yeah, my, um, my parents, before they, they were divorced, my dad was a viticulturist. Uh, it was not Nobolo Wines, believe it or not. But uh, it was about 15 minutes away from Nobolo Wines. They're a distant cousin. And I got to know them. Matter of fact, Steve Nobolo, who was, when he was taking his wine to Europe when I was living in London, um, I played. he wanted to play golf. So he rang me up and we chatted. He bought a brand new set of pings. And we managed to play a game of golf at a golf course called Murawai in Auckland about 18 months later, because I was back in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And I went on the first tee. Can you imagine? And someone, I'm thinking, like you said, clubs for 18 18 months, right? Well, number one, the pings used to have like a little cotton piece with a little piece of cardboard with a price tag on it, like, you know, 195 club or whatever it was. So all these clubs, number one, I saw these little pieces of cotton with a cardboard tag on them. So that was the first giveaway. And the second giveaway was, what does the W stand for? (laughs) <laughs> so he'd never he, he'd waited 18 months he thought the best way to do it was to play with someone that he thought maybe knew a little bit about golf and um and learn on a golf course i see he'd played rugby and other sports and all that and, and believe me it was we, we ran out of daylight <laughs> and we let every group through that was behind <laughs> us and um i i i said i'm never going to play with you ever again until you learn how to play golf and and plus on top of that he had an a4 pad with him I swear you're not. An oh. A4 pad full of questions. I had to answer all these questions. We're going around the golf course about, like, you know, what do you do? How far do you take the club back? You know, where do you aim? You know, what's a W? What's a what's a nine four? What's the two four? What's this? And um, so anyway, but uh, that aside, when he was trying to get into Europe, I gave him some contacts, and then when Constellation bought out Novello Wines, Constellation were the largest importer of foreign wine, or still are, I think, sure. in America. Yeah. Then I, I uh, and I'd stopped playing. I worked as a, you know, as a side job, basically, as a wine ambassador for Novello Wines. So I went around and tried to play golf with uh, some of the distributors until I couldn't play anymore. And, you know, I busted my wrist and did some other things. So um, we do that. And then I think Gallo has just bought the brand off uh, Constellation. So it's publicly owned now, but yeah. Um, but I do, I do drink it. Um, I do drink probably more than I should, but I enjoy it. And, um, it's fruit juice as far as I'm concerned. Well, I agree. I agree. And it's good for you. Mm. Goes, goes well with a good, uh, grilled steak. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Mm. So, well, Frank, you've been very kind to spend all this time with us today. And like I said, you're welcome back anytime. Uh, it's been a great treat to, uh, to visit with you and, uh, really enjoyed it. No, thanks. I apologize for the head cold. So the brain's not working too good at the moment, but yeah. It's all good. We'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours. Take care, everybody.